Welcome back to Things of Gold, a snarky puppy podcast by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. My name is Ryan Storm. And I'm Megan Glyona, and I'm so excited to be here for episode two. Me too. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to dive in. You know, I, I feel like our first episode, that show was, you know, kind of dipping our toes in a little bit. Um, and the yeah. one that we're going to talk about today just throws you right in the deep end uh, of this era. You know, we've got a lot, a lot to unpack here. Um, I think it's a there's I think it's a longer show uh, than the one we did in episode one. Uh, but if you have not listened to episode one, we talk about September fifteenth, twenty fifteen. A lot of fun. First episode. It was great, and uh, I'm 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 ready to be back uh, today. Um, on the day of this episode's release, will be the day that I see Snarky Puppy live for the first time. So that's exciting. Uh, wow, that's amazing. That's yes, so excited. I'm and you know when this airs. Yeah, it'll just be like a week away from when I'm going to see them for the first time. So it's go. all happening for us. Yeah, it's all happening. We're yeah, it's, it's very exciting. Um, but so we today are going to be talking about October fourth, twenty fifteen, from the Institute in Birmingham, United Kingdom. Um, this is just three, just short of three weeks after the last show that we talked about. Um, so you know, kind of our, our the first few episodes are on a much shorter like. They're much closer together than as we move through the series. There will be much larger gaps. Um, but this one, there's been a lot of changes in the last three weeks. Uh, the band, you know, played the rest of their U.S. leg, which was, I don't know, 10 dates or something like that. And then they went to Japan to play at the Tokyo Jazz Festival on the way to Europe. I mean, how cool is that? Playing in Tokyo at the Jazz Festival? I mean, that is... And also... That's- doing it like you know you've just played this u.s tour you finish in california you fly to japan you play one gig wow. at a festival and then you fly to europe and play a month-long tour in europe um so pretty crazy it's so cool it's amazing they've had some lineup changes though right oh yes there are some pretty significant lineup changes actually uh so we've got very different band uh than we heard in the first episode uh, so here is our lineup for today's show. We've got Robert Sput Seawright on drums. We've got Marcelo Walowski on percussion, Bill Lawrence on keyboards, Corey Henry on keyboards, Justin Stanton on keyboards and trumpet, Mike Maz Maher on trumpet and flugelhorn, Chris Bullock, tenor sax and the flute, Mark Letiri on guitar, and Michael League on bass. So immediately, you know, I think the most significant um, sound or uh, a sonic changes for this lineup versus the other one is um, the drumming. Sput is a very different uh, drummer than JT. Sput is also, for anybody who doesn't know, the band's original drummer. Um, he stopped touring with them after, I think, 2015, I think was kind of the end of his touring tenure with them. Uh, but they still, he will sit in every so often, uh, you know, at the festival, at other dates. Um, they are still very, very close with him. Marcelo, we haven't seen yet. Uh, different side of the percussion uh, than Nate. Uh, actually, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, our next episode, which is a couple of weeks after this one, the lineup changes again. You know, we get uh, JT, Lanzetti, and Nate back, um, who we heard from in uh, in September. But we'll get to that. Um, overall, Megan, what what did you think of the the sonic differences between? this band and the September band? You know, to me, this band sounds really, really tight, really fast, really integrated. It's interesting that the lineups changed because they sound like they've been playing together forever. 
Yeah. And I mean, they, they, you know, they've been playing together for a while in, you know. Yeah. But this is only four days into uh, the Europe tour. Yeah, like you would uh, never think. guess that. They yeah. sound like they've been on tour for weeks together. I mean, yeah. they sound so tight. And there's a lot of really intense energy in this in this show. Mm-hmm. 100%. I agree. And, you know, part of that is Sput's drumming. He's just like so aggressive and does like he's such an active member of this band here which is so cool. Also, a notable difference is uh, there's no organ in this lineup. So that was a big part mm. of what we heard, you know, with Sean's keyboard playing uh, in the September show, uh, just to kind of overview for anyone who's not sure what the different keyboardists are playing. So we've got Bill, um, who sticks with Rhodes uh, and piano and some some synth stuff, but mostly Rhodes and piano. Uh, we've got Justin, who whose keyboard rig uh, for this leg of the tour was just his profit synthesizer. Uh, nothing else. Oh, I love the synths in this show. I love the synths. So he does so much. But yeah, when Bill's on stage, um, you know, Justin Justin gets relegated to just his profit. Um, and then we have Corey, who's got uh, the Korg Kronos, which can kind of do anything. Um, he's kind of got a similar rig to what Sean had uh, without the organ. Uh, so synthy stuff. Um, there's a couple of interesting moments where Corey and Bill are both playing piano at the same time. And you have to kind of distinguish, you know, who's playing what, um, <laughs> so which cool. is kind of a fun thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm ready to dive in. You ready to dive into the show? Let's do it. The show starts off, just hits the ground running in a oh major God. way. Hits the ground at like a, a blazing sprint uh, with, yeah. a, with a quartermaster. Um, you know, it's noted in, in the show notes, uh, First and only time opening with Quartermaster. Um, I don't know if that still holds to this day. I still, it might. Um, but wow. this is a hell of a way to open the show. Um, you know, Sput and the horns kick right into it. No bass intro that we're used to. Just like, it, you know, this this whole thing is like, what? It's like eight minutes. And it just does not relent for a second. Um, no, no, it's really authoritative. And just, I love how the drums just like set the pace right away. And it feels like everyone's just like forced to keep up, you know, yeah. the whole time. The beginning is so driving. I love it. rips it up on uh, on Rhodes here you know Corey playing off of him on piano a lot of cool stuff then yeah and Marcelo's really adding Marcelo and Sput are a great team on the show um, they mm. are you know Marcelo's percussion is really present in the mix as well um, so there's yeah. a there's a lot going on but what what a what a quartermaster Whew. Yeah, they get into like this really funky groove and then they just keep layering the percussion as the peaks grow. Grow. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's one of those things where like I don't it feels like there's 10 drummers on stage. You know, right. it's, like there's just so much layered percussion. It's incredible. And when the horns come in, the crowd just goes crazy. It's yeah. just so fun. It's really fun to hear. 
yeah, it, it's amazing. And, you know, we're going to talk about, we, we kind of talked about before we hit record, but th- this episode is kind of a tale of two quartermasters. Uh, our bonus track is another quartermaster from a bit later in this tour that's completely different and like, you know, three times the length. So it's, it's I'm, I, you know, once we get to the end, uh, we talk about that version, you know, we'll talk about the differences very much, but it's really interesting to see, you know, how they react um, or, you know, how the show sounds when they open up with this, you know, crazy quartermaster. I love it. I really love the end of it too. It has this like soulful kind of bringing you home moment, you know, yeah. which is such a good payoff after such an energetic, like strong opening to have this like soulful ending to this song. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. And then they go right into Binky. Um, you know, instead of getting a, a bass intro, get a little uh, subdivision clap stuff happening. Um, I, I believe that the, that would be Michael leading uh, the crowd into doing that. Uh, we'll see that uh, on later shows happening in the song 34 Klezma. Uh, nice little Klezmer tune. Um, and also once we get into 2019 in the song Chavi, um, which they did that every single time. So this is a cool atypical way to open up Binky. Um, and I mean, what a Binky. Yeah, I really like the way this song starts. I think it's so cool how the band interacts with the audience. Like I have that a bunch in my notes. Like there's mm-hmm. just this give and take between the audience and the band that I think is really unique. And the audience seems to know, like they know their catalog really well, it seems like. Like people in the audience seem to really know what's coming, what they're expected to do. They're ready for those like big peaks. And it's just really fun to listen to. I love this song it has some such cool echoing back and forth. And it's just got a really great groove to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. And, you know, we get we get that that Chris Bullock wall of noise for the first solo. We talked about this in episode one as well. Similar thing. Um, I think that this one's even more distorted uh, mm-hmm. than the last solo we heard. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I have it just like it's a wall of noise more than individual notes, uh, just like super screechy. And, you know, again, Sput just just sticking out as he's just hammering through this section. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything that stands out to me about this band, it's just the percussion and the drumming. It's just so, it's really incredible. And I, I feel like there's just a a driving nature to it that is different than most bands because it's just really kind of constant and also so textural. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, agreed. And then uh, Justin takes the second solo. Uh, we heard Maz take it on flugelhorn uh, in episode one. Justin takes it on trumpet here. Um, I find, um, you know, sometimes I have a hard time distinguishing between the two of them playing trumpet, um, at least clean. Obviously, if there's, you know, an effect on it, I know it's Maz. Um, but Justin, I find, has a more aggressive style than Maz uh, a lot of the time. The, the solo to me, a bit, bit more jazzy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but what did you think of this one? Yeah, really pretty, really nice, and sounds cool how it transitions into like this kind of weird, almost more spacey sound. I mm-hmm. really loved this section. I thought it sounded really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And then you know we get that that build uh, on on that you know the the exuberant or euphoric theme, uh, if you will. Yeah. A lot of a lot of great interplay, as you said, like that, you know, creating and utilizing the space, um, you know, in between the solo and this and this big section, you know, between Bill, Corey, Mark, they're all contributing 
to this. And of course, obviously, you know, we're going to keep saying it and the drums. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really pretty and dreamy. It's feels like you're floating. Like there's just a real effortless feeling to it. It's beautiful. And then they mm-hmm. land in this like really funky space, which is in the, great. In the outro. The binky yeah. outro. It's Hit. so great. And yeah. this, this, what they do here is probably one of my favorite things that they do on the binky outro with the, which they just go into P-Funk. Like, you know, they just start playing P-Funk. And I, I love when that good. happens. Yeah, yes. always good. And then also they just like, you know, they do that thing where they kind of flip back and forth between the binky outro and P-Funk and the horns, you know, play the binky horn line over the P-Funk. And it's like, oh. It's, oh, it's so good. So and the fun. synths come back in and there's just like an instant drop back in. It's so dancey. is playing like all sorts of stuff. I don't know what they're playing, but there's, it just sounds like they're playing like everything in the kitchen. It's like, I just kept picturing someone like running around, like hitting every pot and pan. Cause it just has that like mm-hmm. almost a down home feeling to it. It it's, it's like masking the sophistication of what's really going on. I think, cause it sounds yes. just so effortless, but it, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and for actually really quick for anybody who's listening to this on nugs, um, mm-hmm. the, the, tracking of binky and skate you are uh not is not correct on the album uh the binky track ends after justin's solo when in reality it goes until the beginning of skate you so if you're listening to the p-funk jammy part that's still binky that was really confusing when i was listening to it so thank you (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah and oh man it's it's great because you know they kind of end and then michael's like good evening everyone like hello how's it going and then they just keep, you know, the, the rest of the band's like, basically like, let's keep going. And then they go yeah. back into it. Um, and then they use it as a perfect segue, like on a dime, they drop right into Skate You. So they, this segment of this show is one of my favorite things, you know, improvisationally from them, because they just seamlessly go from song to song to song um, without, you know, without like searching, without needing to stop for a minute and wait to start the next song man the i I love skate you i do too and yeah this segue is like really worth noting because it is absolutely sick it's so seamless and then you have this like super sultry beginning to this song which i really love it gets like super delicate this song is like really growing on me like every time i hear it i appreciate it a little bit more Mm -hmm. yeah and i love um you know bill bill gets a second solo of the night uh i love the way he takes this one 
starts nice and mellow and just this song always has a really really good build to it you know mm-hmm. there's the solo section kind of has two things right there's that first like kind of the first kind of part with more space to it and then the second part when like the groove really kicks back in um you know before the horns come back in um and then you obviously you have the outro um which we we get our first Mark Letiri showcase uh of the show um he's probably my favorite of the three snarky puppy guitarists um I love the way you know his playing reminds me of Corey Wong in a lot of ways um mm. where it's like he's really good at blending lead and rhythm guitar um you know he's really like he utilizes that low end really well um but yeah it's it's awesome yeah I really liked listening to him too it's really nice to hear a rhythm guitar kind of featured and isolated as like a huge Bob Weir fan. I'm always trying to like listen for the rhythm guitar and it can be really hard to do, especially if you're someone like me who doesn't play an instrument and can't isolate, you know, which instruments playing what sometimes, Mm. but it's really, I think a special talent to be able to play the rhythm guitar. Like, you know, you have to be able to understand how to blend, but then also find those moments when you can add your own stuff. And he's just unbelievable at that and it's really cool when he kind of comes out of that rhythm guitar box and all of a sudden he's taking kind of more of a lead sound as the solo progresses Mm -hmm. i thought it was a beautiful beautiful solo Agreed. Um, and, and, you know, the song pretty much ends, but out of the ending, Sput once again takes the reins and is like, okay, we're just going to, you know, we're going to play into the next song. And they play into White Cap. I love this segue, the way he's just like, you know, he's beating the drums. And then Michael slowly brings in that, that spacey kind of bass thing that he does. Yeah. Um, and then White Cap just emerges from it. It's super sexy. 
Yeah, very different white cap um, from the one we heard in September, I think, just because mm-hmm. no organ. Um, you know, obviously, Bill has a very different feel on the roads than Justin does. Um, so there's a completely different vibe to it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of this white cap. Yeah, the song really moves along like a train just going full speed. And it's just builds and builds. And I don't know what what he's playing on percussion, but it sounds like it's like a tin can almost. There's like this really like tinny sound to it that just adds this kind of relentless feeling. It's so, so good. And then, yeah, yeah, it crushes it. Yeah, it's incredible. Crushes it. Oh, man. And, you know, another roads break in in white cap i'm i'm such a fan of roads breaks yeah. in white cap it's like i you know give, give me a five minute long roads break in white cap i'm not gonna complain <laughs> yeah it's a really like drastic change from the tempo of the song it gets like so patient and then i love how like they drop right back into it and then michael like acknowledges the solo and it just it sounds really cool yeah agreed it's 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 cool and then you know bullock gets the solo on the outro here um he gets a little he gets a little break on his own in the groove uh you know to show off that this is a lot cleaner than his binky solo uh you know he's not using as many effects um so you can, you can hear the articulation of the notes more enjoy this one yeah i really like too how before they start kite to when michael's like okay we need to quiet things down a little bit yeah we just played (laughs) as as loud as we possibly could for 45 minutes and now we're gonna relax it's really you like you need a breather by the end of white cap you know you kind of like look at the clock and it's like oh like it's been 45 minutes of them just like in your face craziness like yeah. what, what, like th- this probably quartermaster through white cap is like, that's peak live snarky puppy to me. Just the it's way so they good. execute these, uh, the song selection, like, you know, binky into skate you is something they do a few times. Uh, there's one that we're not going to talk about in this season, but a show that I want to definitely highlight in the future, um, with like a 40 minute binky skate you like just on its own. Um, wow. Which is, you know, they do like a whole, um, I shot the sheriff jam in there. Like, oh, I want to hear that. I yeah, love that. that's awesome. It's really, that one's really something. Uh, that's uh, you know, spoilers for a, a future episode. Um, but I that's that. 10, 17, 15. Um, in we'll have to talk about that at some point too. I want to hear oh, that. We will. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Good. But we're here. We're talking about kite. Uh, this is really the only 
I mean, the only breather song of the whole set. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but I, I love the way Kite fills this role of the breather tune because there's also some versions of it can have a lot of improv in it. Uh, there's there's one version from the September tour, I believe it's 9, 16, 15. Um, that's the improvisational highlight of the set. Oh, wow. Like, you know, out, out of nowhere. Um, but I, I love the, you know, like the, the calm, serene vibe of this, uh, you know, the first solo, Maz, very gentle. Oh, it's beautiful. It's super fluid, really easy, lovely, absolutely beautiful. And mm-hmm. the texture from the percussion is so satisfying on top yes. of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then um, people, you, you need to listen close to hear the distinction uh, between for this road solo, because this is actually Corey. Um, he's playing an electric piano patch on his keyboard, not the actual Rhodes. Um, hmm. So it sounds, it sounds slightly different for those with a super nerdy keyboard ear like me. Um, <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the notes are for. <laughs> exactly. You're my super nerdy keyboard guy. I don't need to be that person. I have you. Perfect. I'm happy to. But yeah, this is a this is a great road solo. Um, you know, I, I like. You know, he gets. I, I find Corey takes it uh, in a much more aggressive fashion than Bill would. You know, we're gonna hear another great Bill moment uh, in a couple of songs, um, where like in his his playing style is very, you know, like. Bill to me is a is a pianist. He he plays Rhodes. He mm. plays piano. Like obviously, as a keyboardist, um, like he knows how to play organ and can probably play a phenomenal organ. Um, but like you know, I seeing him sitting at a B three is like weird to me. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I look at it. I'm like, eh, Ryan, eh. this is something like only you or someone like you. That's like a joke nobody else would understand. But I, I know, but it's it. like you know, there, there's <laughs> one, there's one song, or there's a couple of songs on uh, their album Ground Up, and uh, in like the videos on YouTube, like Bill plays B three on one of them. And I remember the first time I watched it, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, oh my god, <laughs> why is he playing organ? we need to have like a reaction shot of ryan watching like people playing keyboards and see like what you react to this is comical to me (laughs) (laughs) it's like you're speaking a different language it's amazing thank you yeah Um, but so versus Corey, who you know obviously his main thing is like he's a much more uh, of an organ and a synth player with the band at least and so he has a much more aggressive uh, style than Bill does. And so that really comes across in this kite solo. He really takes it up. And Marcelo sticking out to me again with the with the triangle action uh, during Corey's solo here. I love this bass and drumming section. It is so cool. It's really mm-hmm. great. This is yeah. like, I feel like the, the set list construction of the show is absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, and then they, you know, after this, they then play four closer songs in a row. Um, yeah, <laughs> obviously there, two of them are two encores, but like they they close the set with two closers. Um, you know, 
what about me comes in and you know i i warned you in the last episode that there were going to be very different what about me's uh from the mm -hmm. you know guitar one that we heard in the first episode and this one is very very different um bullock yeah. takes this solo like i love the way he just he just like growls into the solo lots of lots of effects happening on the sax obviously you know i i'm i'm not the biggest bullock what about me fan uh in the world but this one i really enjoyed you know again it's it's him creating that space over top of what Sput's doing and what Sput's mm -hmm. laying down. Uh, but what did you think about, you know, the sax on this one versus hearing Lanzetti taken on guitar in the last one? Yeah, I thought this song was like a great tempo pickup after Kite. And this gets super trippy and weird. It was unlike anything I've heard from them yet. So for me, it was like one of those moments when you're kind of Because you hadn't heard the like, bonus track from this episode. Right. I hadn't heard the <laughs> bonus track, which I am dying to talk about. I'm so excited to talk about that Quartermaster. But yeah, I hadn't heard anything like this. Like, it, I thought it was fantastic. Super, super cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And then, you know, we talked about how like JT's drum solo in the last episode was like a freight train. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe what Spud does. It's insane. It's, it's ridiculous. And also, you know, one of my one of the cool things about this era of the band is doing like the the mod like the modulation of the the vamp during the drum solo. Um, mm. you know, kind of playing with that. Um, but man, Sput just just destroys everything. Like, what a drum solo. <laughs> yeah, I just wrote drumming is just insane. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. It's really next level. Yeah, it's amazing. And then from there. You know, we have that super high, and then we get a few minutes of breather again as when Bill takes this, you know, Bill Ready Wednesday intros are amazing to me. This song is not, yeah. this song is not the same when, when he's not playing it. Um, and when he, he, he takes like a three to five minute intro solo on piano or Rhodes or whatever, he's got this, you know, he nails the just like solo classical piano playing lots of reverb on the piano patch that he uses um but man it's whew. it's stunning and it's so different from the big kind of like full sound that they usually have so it's just it really stands out in it's kind of simplicity and it mm -hmm. just it's it almost makes it like hit harder because it's like when you have a band that comes full force with so many sounds and layers and textures when you just then like isolate it down to one instrument, it sounds really impactful. Yeah. And um, we're going to hear as we hear some more versions of this song uh, throughout the series, um, the the drum beat and the groove and the vamp are slightly different every time. Um, you know, there are a lot of different ways that diff the different drummers approach it and different scenarios. Um, so it's, it's really cool to hear kind of how this song is approached differently. And there are some, you know, where they're like, 20 minutes and somewhere it's 10. And so they, this, there's a lot of potential in ready Wednesday. And I love this. Justin, you know, gets another trumpet solo really, really funks it up on this one. Yeah, this is awesome. And then they kind of like ended and Michael like introduces everyone and ends the set. Well, before we get to the intros that, that bill, uh, that bill oh, outro yeah. to the song where like, you know, he turns up the reverb even more <laughs> Um, yeah. and it's just like in space again. So I love the way that this song, you know, starts serene piano and then you go hard for the song proper. And then at the end, you're back to serene piano, uh, to end it off. So good. 
Yeah, the, so many of their songs are just like little journeys. It's it's really cool. Yeah, agreed. And then yeah, he intros everyone. Come back out for the first encore. Pretty standard uh, Shofakan encore here. Like nothing out of the ordinary. No drum solo or anything. Great trumpet solo from Justin. Um, but you know, they, this show has been too hype uh, to not do this. But you know, the crowd. The crowd wants what it wants, and they ask for lingus. Um, yeah. The band comes back out and gives us a lingus. <laughs> yeah, I think that this Shofukan is really cool. Like, it just this song is just awesome. It goes everywhere. You've mm-hmm. got this like dark electronic sound to it. Gets the crowd singing, and yeah, they start the chant up. I mean, this is cool. Do they do this often? Do they chant for songs often? Um, usually, what will happen is uh, they will just start doing the Shofukan horn chant. Uh, as yeah. we heard with the in the in the last episode, um, and then they'll come out and play another song. I don't know how often they like chant for a song, and Michael actually plays it. Uh, I know there's one show from 2019 where you know the crowd's chanting for Lingus at one point, and Michael's like, "We're not playing that." <laughs> oh my god, I love it! I mean, I'm gonna start like chants at shows that I go to for songs I want to hear. If it works, even if it just works once, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll try that at the beginning. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, get everyone to. <laughs> I think I think Beacons uh, people will be into that. Yeah. Uh, but this is our this is our first lingus of the series. Fitting that our first lingus of the series is a Corey Henry lingus. Um, you know, that's kind of the his his magnum opus with the band. Um feels very similar to the studio version with uh to me. Like nothing nothing out of the ordinary with the solo. It's a very fantastic display of keyboard prowess. Um serious keyboard shred. Um, and you know, <laughs> Sput again, killing it. Yeah, I mean this this is the song that I heard about before I really knew what Snarky Puppy was because my yep. brother in law sent me, you know, a video of this and says he's watched it two million times. I mean, it might be an exaggeration, but it's probably this not. is the song. Yeah, it might not be. This is the song that that I've heard before. So it's awesome that the crowd is just like so engaged. I mean, I feel like this band always has the crowd like in the palm of their hand and is just able to like work with them. And I, I really do feel like that interaction is special and, and something that that stands out when you listen to them. This back and forth is like so tense between like Maz and Bullock. And then, you know, with 10 minutes in the crowd just like erupts and they come back in like full force. It's just, it's a great, it's fun. It's awesome. Yeah, and that brings us to the, the end of our Birmingham show. Um, you know, this, this is a really fantastic show, um, but now we're going to fast yeah. forward nine days. Um, we've now, the only change in the lineup that's happened uh, since the Birmingham show is we've got Nate back on percussion uh, instead of Marcelo. But Megan, I, I want you to go first uh, on this. <laughs> it's October 13th, 2015, Quartermaster. This is our bonus track for today. Go. Okay, so I was listening to this and I was trying to pack for a trip that I'm getting ready to go on and I had to stop packing. I had to just stop and like stand still and like listen because this is so cool. It's like the second encore from a show in France. Yeah, like nine days after the show we just talked about. The beginning is so trippy. It's it's just really slow, like sultry. I absolutely love it. It has this like slow gallop to it that's just super sexy. It's got like Pink Panther vibes. I just, (laughs) I absolutely love it. I felt like the beginning of this 
song was just even even towards like the middle of it too it's just it has such a different kind of feel to the other quartermasters i've heard so far yeah and i mean you know one of the quartermasters you heard was sean you know going nuts on the you know crowd involvement and the other one was this crazy opener and so this one it's 19 minutes long and just begins like michael comes on stage for the encore and i don't know if they talked about doing it like this backstage but he goes into this you know, solo bass version of this song, Wade in the Water, uh, which I hadn't heard mm. before. I went and I listened to it um, a couple of days ago when I was doing my listening for this. So I could say that I had heard the song. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he plays around with that for a bit. And the rest of the band just like slowly like seeps in. Like nobody's in any hurry mm. to go anywhere. Just synth textures, um, you know, laid back. Like Sput really lays back uh, mm-hmm. on the drums here, like instead of going full force. And it's just, it's so patient. You know, yeah. a lot of the time, like, especially in the show that we were talking about today, like they're just going full force into things, wasting no time. Here they're just like, all right, we're going to take a couple of minutes before we even get to the opening riff. Um, and I love the way that the horns just dreamily come in with the quartermaster hook. Like, yeah. oh, it's it, like really nice. Like, it's, yeah. it's really hits well. It just, it's so like you were saying, just the the energy and the vibe is so different from anything, especially that we've heard in the show that we were just listening to. It really stands out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know we get a nice clean Bullock solo uh, for the first part of this, but it's really like it's not like a big showcase solo, like you know his mm-hmm. and and Mark solo later in the song. They're really just like they're there. They're they're sitting in the groove, having a good time, like. In yeah. no hurry to go anywhere. It's and definitely a different feeling than some of the other solos, which feel like kind of like showcases, right? Yeah. Like here they are, like, look what they can do. This is more like an integrated kind of like vibey solos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's so good, um, man. Like I, I just, it's so cool because, you know, also after Mark's solo, which then, you know, with his like, I don't know whether he's using a whammy or a slide at different times. It feels kind of has this like old West vibe, you know, like you can yeah. see like a, like an empty prairie with a tumbleweed and like a, you know, like cowboys in a town. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, that, that kind of vibe uh, during I was imagining thing. like some sort of like Moroccan, like snake charmers and like impending danger, like spies yeah. everywhere. Like there's just this kind of like creepy sexiness to it. It's really, yeah. really neat. Yeah.
and then you know we get you know all three keyboardists layering different things uh, you know as it kind of progresses to the end um, and then it kind of fades Michael thanks the crowd and then they come back in for another few minutes and just you know like th this is just such a cool space and I imagine that the band was just having so much fun in this space now un unfortunately mm -hmm. there is not video uh, from this show um, very unfortunately yeah I would have um, loved to have seen the, like a video yeah. of this there, and, there's and the some the guitar solo just has this like triumphant ending to it that I think is like the perfect way to end a second encore like that. It just mm -hmm. feels great. Yeah. It, it, this honestly, I discovered this kind of by accident, um, like probably six months ago when I was listening to random quartermasters that were on nugs because I had recently discovered that that's where like crazy shit like this happened. Yeah. Um, and I like clicked on this one and you know, my jaw just like hit the floor and I was like, well, like what, what am I listening to? <laughs> like, yeah, it's unlike, is... it's unlike anything I've heard from them before. It's one of my favorite snarky puppy things ever. Yeah. This is the fate, like my favorite thing I've heard from them so far. For you sure. haven't gotten to the quartermaster. That's our bonus track in the last episode yet, which is no, my favorite no. snarky puppy <laughs> thing ever. Uh, so, you know, in 10 episodes, we'll see, uh, what you think there. But man, I, uh, oh. yeah, if you have not heard this, people, you need to go play this. It's if, fantastic. If you have not heard this and you've made it this far into the episode, you probably should go back and listen to the show before. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And that brings us to the close of our, our content for this episode. Really, really interesting, um, you know comparison between our episode one and episode two here we'll be back in two weeks of course uh we're going to be talking about episode three uh which is going to be a lot of fun we will be covering 10 27 15 um in Mannheim, germany that's going to be fun wow. we've got uh you know jt and lanzetti coming back uh Corey leaves so it's our first show with just justin and bill on keys which is kind of a different sound um, yeah, it's going to be a good one. We, we only, unfortunately, so Megan, you're going to have to say goodbye to Binky. Um, I am? Wait, yeah. Like, we're not going to see Binky again until episode 10. Oh, that's like one of my favorite snarky I know. puppy that, songs. That's the only, it, we've only got one Binky left in this whole series after these two. So That's really sad. Blame, blame the band for not really playing it after 2015 well, as when well. I start chanting at the beacon <laughs> we'll see what happens yes we will we will <laughs> but yeah so we'll be back in two weeks to talk about it. I now feel like I've now just been you know playing that that uh bonus track quartermaster in my head for the last few minutes and now I'm feeling all like mellowed <laughs> out <laughs> like, it's a really good vibe like not the vibe you want to have if you want to do anything like I said I was just packing and I couldn't even do that but yeah it's like really nice. I would You're like highly recommend. You're like on the couch and really stoned. It's excellent. I can't think of a better way to experience that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Um, now everybody knows what to do tonight. Yeah, there you go. Everyone has plans for 20 minutes of their evening uh, tonight. But by this point, also, we'll be in the middle of Snarky Puppy's spring tour. Um, you know, we, we will be posting highlights uh, you know, as video becomes available, we'll be posting highlights on Instagram, and Twitter, 
Facebook and all the places. Uh, follow us at Things of Gold Pod um, for all that cool content. Um, we also, you know, obviously it will all be out by the time this episode comes out, but there was a countdown um, of, of cool clips uh, and moments from the Empire Central Fall 2022 European Tour to get excited for the Empire Central U.S. Spring Tour. Um, so if you, you know, are looking for really cool moments from that tour, go check out Things of Gold Pod. Give us a follow. It's, you know, stay up to date. Yeah, Remember, and tell your friends about us. Yes, tell your friends. It's a good album by Snarky Puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Zing. Well, we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you so much uh, for listening to this episode of Things of Gold. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Ryan. Bye.